Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 29th of July 2022. Right, Michael, so it's coming up towards the end of July and on the 1st of August, as we usually do, uh, we'll be uh, issuing our reports roundup, which is uh, which is based on the reading you've been doing the previous month. Uh, you've been reading a lot this month. What, what are the particular reports you you picked up on? I think there are three groups we can look at here. I think the Climate Change Committee has to be the lead item. They've produced their normal annual report to Parliament, and also a piece of work done by Ricardo Engineering for them about transition plans and transition pathways. Now, let's pick up on the annual report to Parliament. And from our perspective, it's quite poignant that they've actually picked up on skills in a more aggressive way than normal, highlighting the constraint and making specific recommendations to the Department for Education around what they need to do about the measurement of skill and uh, definition of skill, green skill, that is, and occupational definition. And Also on the transition side, the sponsored piece of work they did is just highlighting that the top 250 companies in the FTSE 100 have to produce a transition plan. And this is really interesting because it's actually taking going inside an organization and seeing what they're actually starting to do and committing to doing over the next five and 10 years. And it should be by piecing those together, you can get a feel of the momentum behind what is changing in terms of terms of occupations and skills and the like. Uh, and you also make the point uh, in, in your roundup <clears throat> that that affects the supply chains of those companies. It affects both of the customer base and the supply chain of those companies as well. And so it has a big ripple effect. So you actually have that positive wave of energy in terms of changing things. And some of those supply chains can be enormously long. If you think of the big food companies, that could be affecting virtually every farm in this country, every food wholesaler in this country and the like, and every catering business and using food materials as well. So it is a massive ripple effect. So to get those motivated and moving is a huge positive thing. And if they could all become certified in some way, like the B Corp badge, that would be brilliant because that would tell us as the public things are actually happening and are being validated independently. And we've done some writing on on B Corps in in recent posts, of course. What else have you seen this month? The other report I'd pick out would be a piece of work by Nesta on heat pumps. This is a detailed look at the manpower requirements to install heat pumps in everyone's home across the whole of the UK. And what's really so gratifying about the piece of work is actually broken down the whole notion of installing a heat pump but also looked at the whole energy system design piece within the home, which is often missed. Most of the reports have only looked at the installation tasks, not the design and integration. Because if you look at the cost of a heat pump, five, six thousand pounds, there'll be another eight thousand, ten thousand pounds at least on other system changes in your home, i.e. pipe work and radiators and the like. Um, So I thought that was a really useful piece of work has got very little coverage, but sits very nicely with the whole decarbonisation of domestic dwellings across the whole of London, where there's been a lot of very detailed work, and we'll report on those, in fact, in September. And the third group of reports I'd like to pick out are what I would call brown to green. 
These are reports by UK Steel, International Energy um, Agency, the IMF, and Natixis around a whole shift of energy intensive businesses having to really fundamentally re-engineer and rethink how they produce steel, cement, uh, chemicals, pharmaceuticals, and the like. And it's tackling those industries which are so energy intensive, which is absolutely vital. And so it's great to see that clutch of reports coming through. And again, we're going to be picking up with case studies in the next two or three months on cement and steel where we're lining up companies to talk to in some detail about that, but also looking at it from the energy broker point of view of where people who, who are supplying energy into those businesses are helping them make the transition as well, particularly around hydrogen. Uh, and the reports roundup uh, in full will go out uh, at 9am on the 1st of August, which is Monday. Well, one thing that uh, that I've been doing recently is to uh, start talking to the Hampshire Chamber of Commerce. Now, we've written quite a lot uh, over the past few months uh, around events in Portsmouth and uh, in Hampshire generally. Uh, we did a piece back in, oh, I think, March, for example, on Portsmouth International Port, which is aiming to become the first net zero port uh, in the UK. Um, and we did a part, uh, we did a piece on an interesting company in Eastleigh in Hampshire called Barter for Things, run by a chap called Alex Barter. Uh, and they're doing some very interesting um, things around inter the Internet of Things um, and applications uh, in the sustainability field, not least for Portsmouth in, uh, International Port itself. Um, <clears throat> in particular, with the, the Hampshire Chamber of Commerce, I uh, attended a a steering group meeting, an online meeting with the Green Innovation Steering Group, um, which has a group of people, attendees, including Solent, the Solent LEP. Uh, and Solent LEP are doing a, a, a lot of work around uh, green skills uh, as, uh, as well. Uh, and we talked about various things on, on that call. One uh, event I particularly uh, picked up on was um, an event which is taking place at the University of La uh, Winchester on the 5th of October. Uh, and it's a launch event uh, for um, a, a, a group uh, that is being put together by the Hampshire Chamber of Commerce and the University of Winchester to help SMEs and micro businesses uh, chart a business-friendly path through the many opportunities that clean growth, good governance, natural capital, and that sort of thing uh, will give them. So we'll be staying in touch with that. Uh, we'll attend the event and we'll report on that in due course. That's the free launch event at the University of Winchester for SMEs and micro-businesses uh, due to take place on the 5th of October. And Michael, you've been doing a lot of work recently on researching the local skills advisory panels. Uh, and our next week's post is coming from uh, what you found out about Liverpool uh, City Council. Uh, do you want to say a, a little bit about that? Surely. Um, the skills advisory panels relate very much to the local enterprise partnerships and the city, regions and combined authorities. There are 30 plus of those regions in the UK and they've all produced updated skills plans for the period from January 2022 looking forward. And we went through all of them 
1900 pages worth to try and pick out the skills component relating to the green economy and to produce a single document in relation to that, uh, which we're willing to share with people. We've also taken that a little bit further forward because then there have been two very recent events, one run by UK 100, which is the forward thinking local authorities and the like on the green agenda, and also the all party parliamentary group for Liverpool City Region, which held a very, very good conference on, it was a mix of issues, but primarily combining the green economy with regeneration and linking that very much to the cost of living crisis around energy, as we find ourselves in today. And that was well attended. And there were some major messages and showing how if you can get devolution to really work, both get aligning the power with funding and then the local ingenuity of combining their assets. And in Liverpool's case, that is chemical assets around hydrogen, uh, the tidal power of the Mersey, uh, and also the need to drive significant decarbonisation of local dwellings. So it was a really combined effort and led by a piece of work by the Heseltine Institute at Liverpool University by Sue Jarvis. So it was a really good piece of work. Um, but in terms of pieces of work we're looking into, we've been doing a detailed piece of work on decarbonisation of domestic dwellings in London and looking at the 3.7 million dwellings, the cost, the geography and the skills implications of doing that, which is just enormous. This is like the best part of £100 billion will have to be spent to decarbonise the housing stock of London. Uh, coming out at an average cost per household of the best part of £30,000. Now, this is both a huge need. It has to have huge momentum over the next five or ten years and is crying out for creative incentives to really push it forward beyond the, the green grant scheme that might be currently available or the very small scale scheme around heat pumps. OK, a lot to look at there. Um, and the Liverpool piece will come out uh, next Thursday, which will be the 4th of August. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.